right, let's grab our Bibles real quickly. Let's grab our Bibles. First Peter chapter number five. First Peter chapter number five. If you need a lesson, here's what we did this week. Uh, we printed out a lesson two weeks ago, and uh, we went through the first half and then the second half, and we was going to do the third half, but I added some stuff to it, so I just made one. I just made one, and I took the third point, which we didn't finish, and I put it with what we did today, so you need the new lesson today, and then you can fill it in, okay? Uh, so if you didn't pick up a lesson, raise your hand. Raise your hand real, real fast, and we'll make sure you get one. Anybody miss a lesson down here on the front, down here on the front, over here in, on the side? Boy, this side over here is weak. Oh, my goodness. Over here, Brother Jalen. All right. We need about five over here. All right, Brother Friday. We got three right there, one in the front here. All right. There we go. All right. Isn't it good to be saved? Well, it's official. Boy, that got quiet, didn't it? I'm officially old. I went down and opened, opened up the, the TSM service, the teen service, the student ministry service, and, and the music was loud. <laughs> you know you old when the teen music is too loud for you, amen? And uh, man, they're doing great down there. It is incredible. It is incredible. Uh, I was sitting there, and, and I was enjoying seeing everybody, but I knew it was time for me to get back up with the old people, amen, <laughs> where I fit in. Uh, uh, and let's pray for them down there. Let's pray for them. All of the, all of the whole services tonight is going to be ran by all the teenagers. So, hey, it's, they opened up. Uh, they're leading the worship. They're leading all, everything that they do down there. Uh, the young people are leading the way. Can we give God praise and glory right there for that? Amen. <clears throat> so, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Let's get to verse number 8, and we're going to f- try to finish up what we started. Uh, uh, this first letter, uh, several, several weeks ago, we started in dealing with going through the fire, going through difficulties, going through uh, the attacks of the world, the attacks of Satan. And he draws at the end of this particular chapter, uh, in the end of this particular book, he draws uh, our focus and attention on our enemy on our adversary, the devil. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Satan's going to fight it. Satan, Listen, if there's anything that we need to be aware of and understand, it's this subject right here. Because if you start becoming uh, uh, someone with potential, Satan is coming your way. If you belong to Jesus, Satan hates you and he's going to fight you. And uh, the problems you may be having may not be with your family. The problems you may be having uh, may not be because your boss is just an idiot. It might be that Satan is in your car. Say amen. Uh, He's going to fight. And I think a lot of times we as Christians have forgotten the fact that we're in a fight. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. We get busted in the mouth and we whine and complain and we forget that's what happens in a fight. This is not a playground. We, we are not at Disney World. Uh, we, we are in a fight. Satan hates you. Satan hates this church. He hates that 100 people got saved at Easter. He hates that 27 people got saved the week after. He hates that 23 people got saved last week. And he hates that we baptized 30 of them this past Sunday. Somebody give God praise and glory. Now... I love getting excited about all that, and I love getting jacked up about all that, but let me tell you something. It scares me to death because I know here comes Satan. He's coming. But I say scared. That's a, that's a poor choice of words. 
uh, concerned. We don't, have to, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? But we do need to do what we are teaching tonight. We do need to do what we're teaching tonight. Uh, there is a man in the Bible who knows what he's talking about when it comes to fighting the devil and losing and getting ground back, and that's Peter. He knows what it feels like to have Satan's claws in his back. He knows what it feels like to, to fall to the wiles of Satan, but I'm glad he knows what it feels like to, to rebound again. Amen? First uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Be sober. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, your enemy, your rival, the devil, is as a roaring lion. He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I love that word may. It's not who he's going to devour. It's who he may devour. Uh, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Lord, thank you so much for your, 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 your love and your kindness and your word and your warning. And I'm glad that we're, we're not in this battle alone. We're not facing this alone. And we're not even facing this in our own strength, in our own intelligence, in our own intellect. But God, we, are, we, have, a, we have a weapon that's very effective. We have a weapon that has been used and it's been tried and it's been successful. And God, I pray that you'll help us to, to face our enemy. Help us to stand against the enemy. Help us to recognize the enemy. God, I pray that you'll help us defeat the enemy. God, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. We said, we said we, in the last two weeks we were dealing with the shepherd and the sheep in the, in the flock. And uh, we gave some information about the shepherd and we began with the sheep. Uh, we said the sheep, we, we as God's children need to be humble. We need to humble ourselves before each other and understand that this is not about us. It's all about him. Amen. Not only should we be humble, but then B, we should be careful. We should be careful, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. Uh, one reason we have cares to begin with, we ended, we ended last week with, with the verse, casting all of your cares upon him, for he careth for you. How many of y'all are glad we have a caring Savior? Now we have cares, we have disappointments, we have issues, we have struggles, we have fears to, uh, because we have an enemy. And as the serpent... Satan deceives, and as the lion, he devours. And we're going to look at two illustrations of that uh, here tonight. With the, he, he deceives, we're going to look at the illustration of Eve, and he devours, we're going to look at the illustration of Job. The word Satan means adversary, and the word devil means the accuser, the slanderer. The uh, recipients of this letter had already experienced the attacks of the slanderer, and now they would meet the lion in their fiery trial. Peter gave them several practical instructions to help them get victory over the adversary. So let's, let's talk about them, and uh, then we'll get to our outline in the back. Number one, uh, Peter says that the first thing we need to do when it comes to Satan, we need to respect him. Write that down. We need to respect him. Don't ever, ever, ever underestimate the devil. Don't ever underestimate your enemy. Don't ever, don't ever think you got this. We need to respect him. He's dangerous. Satan is an enemy. He is a serpent who can bite us when we least expect it. He is a destroyer, an accuser. He has great power and intelligence and a host of demons who assist him in his attacks against God's people. 
He is a formidable enemy. Read this underlined sentence with me. We must. All right, let's all try that. We must never joke about him, ignore him, or underestimate his ability. How many times do we as Christians, we, 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 we make little subtle jokes and we, 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 you know, and you say, well, preach, that's just harmless. I don't think it is because a lot of times, a lot of times we let that carry over in our treatment of him and our response to him in our lives. Satan is real. Satan is an adversary. Satan is an enemy. Satan is, listen, he's not the figment of somebody's imagination. He has allowed Hollywood to create this image in most people's minds of who the devil is and who Satan is. And so, so we have this idea that he's this uh, red creature with horns and, and, and a forked tail and a pitchfork and all this kind of stuff. Uh, listen, that is so far beyond what reality is. We need to respect him. We need to, under, we, we need to understand he is a real enemy he is really there, and we need to be sober. Be sober. Sober means have your senses. Be vigilant. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't let down your guard. Always be on ready. Always be on guard. Somebody say amen. amen. We need to respect him. Number two, and this is where we're going to go back to our outline. We need to recognize him. Some of us are fighting the wrong people or the wrong things. Some of us, some of us are having issues and we're not recognizing Satan's fingerprints. You say, why is it so important to recognize Satan's fingerprints? Because it will keep you from having problems with people you shouldn't have problems with. For illustration, something goes on in your life and you automatically think somebody else is the cause of this issue in your life when Satan's just working in your head and thinking, oh, yeah, if they thought this or if they loved you or if they thought much of you, if he was much of a friend, he and, and, and all of a sudden, we're hating on somebody. And we're thinking wrong things about somebody when that person may not even have a clue what's going on in the situation and Satan's sitting back laughing at the whole thing. Amen. Let's recognize him. We need to recognize him. He is a great pretender. He's a subtle foe. We must be vigilant and always on guard. Always on guard. His strategy is to counterfeit whatever God does. Now, turn with me. Turn with me to Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3 tonight. And we're going to look at the illustration. Actually, uh, uh, the first recorded in God's word, uh, activity of Satan. When he is, when he is coming into Eve's life, uh, Genesis chapter number 3. We know that Satan took the form of a serpent. Satan took the form of a serpent in the garden uh, in verse number 1. Let me say something about Satan. This is just by way you can take notes, do whatever you want to do, or just listen. Uh, Satan is an angel. Satan is an archangel. There's three archangels named in Scripture. Uh, Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel. Gabriel was the messenger angel. Uh, uh, Michael, Michael is the, the angel of might and warfare, if you will. Uh, he's the fighter. He's the warrior. Uh, Lucifer was the majestic angel. He was the angel of worship, all right? He was the angel of worship. He would stand in the presence of God and reflect the glory of God. He was very beautiful. He was the highest of all. He was the greatest of all. He was the most beautiful of all. Uh, uh, but because of that, he was lifted up in pride, and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my throne, and my throne's going to be above your throne. He wanted to be God, and God threw him out. 
He was so subtle. He was so wicked. He was so uh, skilled that he was able to con a third of the angels in heaven to follow him. They were cast out. Now, the third that fell with him are his associates. They are, they are demons. They are devils. Uh, there, there is organization. There is organization with demons and devils. We, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. of the, Are y'all with me? This is very organized. This is the real deal. There, there, is, a, there is a darkness out there. There is a, a real enemy that we fight. They, they are organized. They know what they're doing. Are y'all with me? And they have a leader. Now, Satan is here. He's real. He comes. He comes. He doesn't come like most of us think he comes. Because if he comes like most of us think he comes, we would recognize him right away. Watch what he does. Watch what he does. Verse 3, or excuse me, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, that's a key. He said unto the woman. Now what's so significant about the woman? According to scripture, the woman was the weaker vessel. The woman was the weaker vessel. God created man. He was the guardian. He was the provider. He was the protector. He was to protect the woman and, and be there. It was Adam's responsibility. Adam was the leader. Adam was the one that God gave the rules to, if you will, the responsibilities to. And Adam was to translate that down to his spouse, Eve. Now, Satan did not come to Adam. He came to Eve. Now, why do we need to know that? Because Satan will attack your weakness. You not only need to know your strengths as a Christian, you definitely, you need to know your weaknesses more than you know your strengths. And sometimes your strength can become your weakness. And we'll talk about that later. Satan came to Eve. The Bible says, uh, uh, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Look at your outline on the back. Page number two. Page number two. First, I want you to see the description of his attack. The, the description of his attack. A, his approach that's subtle. It's subtle. He's very, very subtle. He said, in 2 Corinthians, it describes Satan. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, 
For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. In other words, in other words, uh, <laughs> they can look like good people. Everybody that prays in the church and sounds spiritual is not good people. Now watch. And no marvel, no marvel. That shouldn't be a surprise, he says. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Just about every place you see dealing with Satan, it talks about deception. It talks about the wiles of the devil, the trickery. The, the, are are y'all with me so far? Are you staying with me? Uh, we've got to understand that, that, that when he comes, he will come subtly. He will come as a friend. You see, the serpent came in Eve's life as a friend. Like he was concerned about her happiness, concerned about her welfare, concerned about, are y'all with me? That's him. He doesn't come with a flaming sword. He doesn't come like tornadoes and hurricanes and, and he, he's subtle. His, his approach is subtle. Then, then look here, I want you to see this. And don't you see his attacking of scriptures? His attacking of scriptures. This is key. This is so key. What did he say? Yea, hath God said. Yea, hath God said. Now watch. Now a lot of people don't pick this up. God gave the instructions to Adam. He is to translate those instructions to his wife. God said, don't eat of this fruit. That's all he said. But when Eve responded to Satan, he said, let me tell you what God said. God said, we can't eat of that fruit and neither can we touch it. God never said that. What's the, what's the point? Adding to Scripture is just as dangerous as leaving Scripture out. And we see right now that Eve doesn't know the Scriptures. Eve doesn't know the word of God. Eve is not confident. Eve is not, uh, Eve is not assured in what God's word says. So that the next thing the devil says, nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. God just knows at the moment that you eat of this fruit that you're going to be smart as God. Do y'all see what happens? Now, he tried to use this same deal on Jesus. When Jesus was in his physical form, when Jesus was in his human flesh, when he was in the wilderness, he had fasted 40 days. Y'all with me? Now, what happens when you fast 40 days? What happens when you fast 40 minutes? Amen. What happens? You get hungry. Now, most people, most people read the verse where, where Satan is speaking to Jesus and says, you know, if thou be, the, like he's challenging him. Like if you're really who you say you are. The devil knows who he is. Jesus cast him out of heaven. Jesus knew the devil and the devil knew Jesus. You say, how do you know that? What about the demons that went in the swine? 
They knew him. You don't get beat up by somebody and not know him. Y'all with me? He knew, he knew who he was. That's not what he was saying. He's saying, if, if you be the son of God, what are you doing hungry? I mean, you're the prince of peace, and you're the, you're the son of God. You're the, you're the royalty. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why is your father letting you be hungry? What's he saying? Your own daddy's holding out on you. What was he doing with Eve? He was trying to get her to think God was holding out on her. He just knows when you eat this fruit, you're going to be like him. What, is, what, is the, what does the devil do in most of our lives? Most of our lives. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember when the disciples was in the ship? Okay. All right. We're going to have to get real deep in this study if y'all don't get with me. Amen. Do you remember the response to the disciples to Jesus in the bottom of the boat? What was it? Don't you care? Now watch this. What happens in our lives when, when tragedy strikes? What's, the, what's, the, what's one of the first, most natural instincts of a human being? Now what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to get you to doubt God's love for you. Because Everything is based on our understanding of God's love. Why do we love? Because he first loved us. And you see, our love is based on our understanding of his love. And if we love him, we will obey him. If we love him, his commandments are not grievous. And why do we love him? Because he first loved us. Everything, and see, that's why, that's why it's not about adding more rules and regulations and commandments to these young people. That's not going to solve anything. They're breaking the ones we already got. Say amen. Right. But I guarantee if we can teach them to love God, those commandments won't be necessary. So what happens? Satan wants you to think God don't love you, that God's holding out on you. He wants you to doubt God's love by getting you to doubt God's word. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep on. His, his attack is subtle. He always attacks the scriptures. He, he, he's going he's gonna to come against God. And by the way, don't think he don't know the scriptures. Because when he came to Jesus, uh, the, 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 he, said, he said, Jesus said, uh, uh, we, 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 can't, we can't, man don't live by, it, it, it is written. Say that with me. It is. He used the word against Satan. Y'all with me? We're going to talk about that in a minute. He used the word against Satan. Well, Satan's so smart, he comes and uses the word against the word. Doesn't the word say that, if you, that, that, that he won't let the angels dash your foot against the stone? You cast yourself off of here. And imagine that, quoting the word to the word. He said, it is also written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Every snake handler needs to hear that verse right there. Say amen. 
Just a thought. I don't know why I just thought about that, but I just thought about that. Amen. The attacking of scriptures. You see, you, you, you need to know your Bible. You, you don't need to know parts. You need to know your Bible. That's why it's so important to read it. Because it can be twisted. Satan will use the Bible. He, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been watching uh, uh, televangelists and stuff on TV, and I've been listening. Man, they sounded good, and I was right there with them. And I was just about to say amen. They said one little thing that, man, my intended. Wait a minute. Because it's so easy to twist Scripture. You got, yea, hath God said. Are you sure about that? You see, she misquoted God completely. And we know the story. And by the way, the Bible says that the Eve was deceived, but Adam disobeyed. That's a whole another message right here. All right, number one, the description of the attack. Number two, the direction of the attack. I'm not going to do it because I need to save some time tonight, but go home. Your homework is to read Job chapter 1. Job chapter number one. The direction, where, where does Satan, where is his fingerprints found? In Job's life and in Job's situation, we find Satan attacking his finances. Satan will go to work in a family's finances. Why is that? Why, why does he, he, he so want to work in that area? Because uh, some experts say, I'm not an expert, but I read experts, and, and some experts say that right now that money is the number one cause of divorce. It used to be in the top five, and, and because of the economy and everything that's going on right now, it's, it's moved all the way to the top. You want to get a husband and wife fighting? Bring up the money. You know why? Because money problems cause pressure in a relationship. And so if Satan can cause pressure in a relationship... Half his battles won. So Satan attacked his finances. Job's finances. He's one of the wealthiest in the East. He, 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 I mean, he was loaded. He had it all. Satan attacked his finances. Then secondly, Satan attacked his family. Satan attacked his family. Daddies, don't ever doubt. You may be strong, but he knows where he can get you. It may, it's just like Adam and Eve. He couldn't get Adam, but he got Eve. You need to be praying over your families. Fathers, leaders in here, pray over your families. He will attack the family. He will go after your family. And if he can get the head, he can get the family. All right? Thirdly, he not only attacked his finances, he attacked his family, he attacked his fitness, his health. That's really important. I think that one gets overlooked many times. Uh, you know, and, and for whatever reason, but Satan, he, he, he brought sore boils from the top of his head to the bottoms of his feet. He attacked him in all these areas. Uh, it's amazing, it's amazing how, how accurate the Bible is. God told, God told, uh, Satan said, so you can do anything you want, but don't touch him. Got all of his children, but not his wife. 
You know why? Because when you get married, you're... And then, then he said skin for skin. He said anybody, anybody would curse, anybody would give for their own life. And y'all know, know the story. That's when he struck him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And he went through hell on earth. But these are, these are Satan's fingerprints. All right, now, number three. Number three. This is, this, is, this is really, really good. If we can understand this, this is going to really help us. What is his design? I mean, what's he really after? What's he really after? We, we, know, we know that he hates God. We know he hates God. Uh, we know that God loves us. So if he can get at us, he can get at God. He hates you because you took his job. He used to reflect the glory of God in his capacity and his responsibility. Now we reflect the glory of God. Say amen right there. And there's a lot there we don't have time for, but uh, he hates you. So his, uh, his job, his, his aim, his goal, if you will, first is to weaken our faith. Weaken our faith. There's one thing that is, is so important to God when it comes to his children. It's our faith. It's our faith. So, oh, but it's how much we accomplish for God. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's our faith. The just shall live by the just shall live by, for without, it's impossible to please God. You, you, can, you, can, you can give millions of dollars and have no faith and not, imp not impress God one bit. You can sacrifice till the cows come home and work your fingers to the bone and not have faith and not impress God worth a lick. Without, say it with me, without faith why do you think God puts you in so many circumstances to build your faith now I don't like them circumstances because they require faith I don't like storms I don't like scary situations I don't like times where I just got to trust God but if you never exercise your faith muscles they're going to be very weak. In these trials and things that we face, these storms that we face, these, you know, I wonder, I wonder sometimes, all right, God, you know, you was going to deliver them in that fiery furnace. Why didn't you just change the king's mind? You know, if you was going to do it anyway, why didn't you just change the king's mind so we didn't have to get an ulcer about the situation? Am I the only one that thinks that way? Now, Lord, you know a month ago you was going to pay this bill. Why did you wait till five minutes before it was due? I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that way. God, you knew this cancer was going to be gone. You knew you was going to touch my body. You knew when I got this x-ray back that it was going to be gone. Why did you let that doctor tell me and make me wait till Monday? Have y'all ever noticed that? Every test is always Monday when it was on Tuesday. I think, I, I think there's a conspiracy with the doctors. You know, let's just make them 
sweat it out for a week. Have y'all ever thought that? I mean, seriously, have y'all ever thought that? God, if you was already going to do this, why'd you, why'd you? You remember what we said a few weeks ago? A faith that can't be tested, can't be trusted. And, and see, God's not trying to see what's in us. He knows what is in us. He needs us to see what's in us. I have been through situations and on the other end of it, I said, man, I should have been better than that. I should have trusted God more than I did in that situation. I shouldn't. What did he tell Peter? What did he tell? Where's your faith? Why are you of such little You've seen me turn water into wine. You've seen me raise the dead. You've seen me touch the blind. You've seen me do all the. And you see, Satan wants to weaken your faith because your faith is what's most important to God. He said, when, when he comes, will he find faith? And see, if he can get you to doubt his word, if he can, if he can get you to doubt that he will do what he said he will do. That he is who he said he is. He's winning. And so Satan will attack to weaken your faith. Now, uh, B. He will try to weaken our faith. Then B. He wants to worsen our fear. Have you ever realized how powerful fear is I mean when people get afraid there's like supernatural things happen you like can jump over houses and stuff I mean there's been recorded instances of people with supernatural strength when, because they were afraid a mother with a child and, and so forth just, just so many things that can take place but see fear paralyzes too that deer in the headlights, look, that, I can't move forward. I can't. What happened to Peter when he was walking out on the water? He was doing fine. He was operating in faith. Then he took his eyes off Jesus and looked on the waters. He, he looked on that issue that he had victory over. And fear paralyzed him. He began to sink. God does not give the spirit of fear. Now watch this. Fear is an emotion. Fear is an emotion, and everybody needs a certain amount of fear and the right kind of fear. Y'all with me? I feared my father. And if you ever got a whooping like I did, you would too. How much do you fear him? I still say yes, sir, and no, sir. Brother O'Neill, how do you address your father? That's right. A healthy respect. I don't stick my finger in that light socket. You know why? I don't want an orange afro. Say amen. <laughs> Y'all with me? You're afraid. Yep. You see, there is a healthy fear. A healthy fear. And God gave us an emotion to keep us safe. We should be afraid of the wrong things. 
But see, what happens is, is Satan wants to take that fear and throw it into overdrive and cause us to be afraid of things that we shouldn't be afraid of. And it goes into a spirit of fear, not an emotion. Something that overtakes us. Fear of not being able to accomplish what God's called us to do. Uh, Travis, there's no doubt in my mind there's been times in your ministry that there's been a spirit of fear come over you. Because you've seen what's reality. You've seen the things and, and Satan tried to paralyze you. To keep you from doing what God wants you to do. He wants to cause fear. But thank the Lord. Second Timothy. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, this is real encouraging, too, for a pastor because Paul was speaking to a young pastor. And he, had, he, he had issues with fear to the point he had stomach problems. He had stomach issues. What happens when you fear, you're afraid? Ulcers and stomach problems and nausea and nervousness and all that. Well, he was a young guy trying to pastor older folks in an established congregation. He had some issues. Say amen. But Paul said, there's no reason to be afraid. God does not give the spirit of fear. If God doesn't give it, who, where is it coming from? I think a lot of times it's coming from Satan, but also I want to throw this in there. A lot of times it comes from our own insecurities. And we are insecure about a lot of things because we don't know the word. And uh, he wants to weaken our faith. He wants to worsen our fear. He wants to rest our future. He wants to pull it away. He wants to take it by force. John 10, 10, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We need to be able to recognize it. We need to be able to pray. We need to be able to, we need to, be able to say, you know what? This ain't because my husband's an idiot. This is Satan trying to get in my head. I could have used the wife just the same, so don't even go there. This is, this is, you know, how many times, how many times have we got into a situation with another couple or another person and, and we thought all of this stuff and then when we really sat down and talked with them, it wasn't what we thought it was at all. When Satan just got in our head. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But it was flesh and blood that did it to me. But that's not where the fight is. That's not where the fight is. The fight is against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's Satan. It's Satan. Are y'all with me? Now watch. What do we do? What do we do? Look what it says in, let's go back to, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 5. We know we have an enemy. We know he's very smart. We know he's, he's very subtle. We know he's wicked. We know he's powerful. We know he has ability. We know he has an agenda. He wants to weaken our faith. He attacks the very thing that God is concerned with the most in our lives. And matter, let me say this. Why, why does he want to attack our faith? Because it, faith is where we draw our ability and power from. And let's, let's go ahead because that's, that's, another, that's another good topic we need to deal with. 
according to your faith, let it be. All right, 9, verse 9. Let's go back to verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. All right, verse 9. Whom, what's that word? Say it again. Say it again. That means to fight. That means to fight. Resist steadfast in the what? Amen. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. What does that mean? You're not the only one going through this. Look what it says, number three. On the, on, on the front page, we are to respect him, we are to recognize him, and we are to resist him. We are to resist him. This means that we take our stand on the word of God and refuse to be moved. Uh, I saw I saw a saying that said, uh, "God said it, I believe it. That settles it." But it should be, "God said it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not." <laughs> Amen. You see, how I feel about it is irrelevant. When I'm gone, the word will still be here. Now, we got to stand fast. Stand fast. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 instruct us to stand, withstand, and stand. It's the verse where we talk about the whole armor of God. Uh, unless we stand, we cannot withstand. Our weapons are the word of God and prayer. Say it with me. Our weapons are the word of God and prayer. Say it again. Say it again. You say uh, weapon for what? For anything. No matter what your fight is. No matter, no matter what it is that's going on. If it's a relationship issue, if it's a financial issue, if it's a, uh, a, a, a doubting issue, no matter what it is, prayer and the word of God. Now watch this, watch this. We know, we know this, the armor of God. There's only one offensive weapon in the armor of God, only one. And it's the word of God. Now watch this, it even says this though. It is not the sword of the saint. It's the sword of the, why is that important? Because you need to have bullets in the gun. And the Holy Spirit will do the drawing. What are you saying? Uh, I'm saying this. Whatever your weakness is, you need to have verses memorized that cover your weakness. Because you don't need to get in the middle of the temptation and have to call the preacher and say, what's the Bible say about this uh, situation right here? Because if you do, you're beat already. When Satan came against Jesus, he immediately responded with the Scripture. Immediately he responded with the Scripture. Now you say, well, he's the Word. He wrote it. But here's the point. You know your weakness. Say, I don't know my weakness. What do you keep messing up with? That's your weakness. What do you constantly struggle with? That's your weakness. 
What area of your life do you keep having trouble with? What area of your life does he keep getting victory in? What area of your life keeps you from being all that God wants you to be? What area of your life that you keep regretting over and over and over and over again? You find Bible verses to secure that and cover that and be, listen, saturate yourself in the word and memorize it. Oh, I can't memorize. Come on. There's a tear in my... Y'all, y'all, uh-huh. You're cheating. I thought y'all couldn't memorize. Hello. You know what? We can do anything if it's a priority. Let me tell you something. If you're tired of the devil beating your eyes out, make it a priority. Quit complaining about it. Quit whining about it. Quit telling everybody what kind of, listen, start resisting. Start fighting. Quit giving in. There's too many Christians that's flying the white flag and, and just giving, well, I'm just human. No, you're a saint. You're God's child. Greater is he that is him. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You're a saint. You are a child of God. You are blood bought and blood washed. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not who he will devour. It's who he may devour. That requires permission. Quit giving him permission. When he comes, let's hit him with the word. Yeah. Boy. Our weapons are the word of God in prayer. And our protection is the complete armor God has provided. We resist him in the what? In the, that's our faith in God. Just as David took his stand against Goliath and trusted in the name of Jehovah, so we take our stand against Satan in the victorious name of Jesus Christ. A word of caution here. Never discuss things with Satan or his associates. Never discuss things with Satan or his associates. What does that mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say out loud what all my issues were. Unless you're, you're with a, a, a counselor and, and, and really getting real help for that, I'd be careful to say all my weaknesses out loud. You say, why? Because Satan can't read your mind. God can, but the devil can't. The whole boy, the devil's reading my mind. No, he's not. He's just reading your actions and your behavior. And more than anything, he's listening to your words. Satan is a created being. He is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient like our father. And some things he don't need to know, say amen. amen. And don't get in discussion with him. Ask Eve how that turns out. How many of y'all, don't lie, don't lie. I ain't got but six minutes. Don't lie while I only got six minutes. Say amen. How many of y'all have ra rationalized with the devil before? Is it, can I use that word like that, Miss Kathy? Can, tried, to, tried to rationalize your sin. Tried to, try to, try to get into discussion with him. And, and No, 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 no. You me tell you, you me tell you how to beat the devil every time. How many of y'all want to know how to beat the devil every single time? I mean every single, single time. How many of y'all want to know? Raise your hand real high. Don't get in the ring with him. 
It's like little Johnny. Little Johnny, what are you doing? Cookie jar wrestling. Now, I'm going to say this a hundred times. I'm going to say for those who had not heard it. Mama said, Johnny, where are you at? He said, I'm in, the, I'm in the pantry. What you doing in the pantry? I'm fighting temptation. <laughs> you don't fight temptation in the pantry with your hand in the cookie jar. I'm, I'm praying, oh, God, don't let me take this out of this jar. Oh, help us, Jesus. You single in here, you don't need to be in the back of a Chevy on a, on a hillside somewhere by yourself and say, oh, God, don't let us go too far. You done messed up. Yeah. Don't rationalize it. Don't say we're going to pray over this. No. <laughs> don't even get in the car. People, people go places, and, I, and I'm trying, not, and I'm being serious. I'm, I'm not... I'm tired of people getting beat up by the devil because they get in the ring with him. If you have problems with alcohol, you don't need to go to Applebee's. Go to McDonald's. Y'all with me? If you, if you have problems with lust and you have I mean, real issues with lust, don't, don't go to the beach. Or the city pool, if we have one. I guess they got one. Yeah, they do got one. <laughs> do y'all understand what I'm saying? There's some things that I don't do in places I don't go simply because I don't want the fight. I don't trust me. And I'm not going to put myself into a situation in a, in a place where, where I could lose. Amen? Don't discuss things. Don't, don't. And, and let me say this. Uh, be careful who you get counsel from. Please understand that. Oh, but they're my friend. They may be your friend, but they may not know what they're talking about. I... Uh, and, and I mean this as, as honestly as I can. Everybody may mean well, but everybody doesn't have good advice. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's hurry. Let's hurry. Look, uh, never discuss things with Satan or his associates. Eve made this mistake, and we all know the sad consequences. Never try to fight Satan in your own way. Say that with me. Never try to fight Satan in your own way. Say it again. That's all you've got. This is the only weapon we have against Satan. You say, why is this so important? Because he's a deceiver and a liar, a slanderer. An accuser. What is the only thing you fight a lie with? Thy word is what? Jesus came and lived like he wanted us to live. He came and lived in a human body. He came and was tempted in all points as we are. And he won. In all points of sin, in all the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. In all of these areas, he won. 
How did he win? With the Listen, it's all we need. It's all we need. And, and, and listen, it's not all we need. It's all that will work. And you say, why do you keep just getting all tore up about this? Because to the, the, the most neglected thing in the church is the word. A lot of us don't even have it with us tonight. A lot of us, when we take it home, It'll be right there till Sunday morning. Then we swing by and grab it again on our way to church. Here we go. And, I, and please, I hope you understand, I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to be mean or angry or anything like this. But Jesus said, my people are destroyed for a lack of. And American Christians are the most shallow Christians in the whole world. And the reason that is, is because they neglect the word of God so horrifically. Christians in China, Christians in, in, in all of these areas where there's such a lack of God's word, they, they just are ravenous about it when they can get it. And because of that, it, it changes. We have one in every room. And we're not even reading it. And this is the only thing that's going to help us. I need to call the preacher. It may be you just need to open your Bible. Amen. I want to teach it. I want to preach it. I want to, I want to rightly divide it. I want to do all of these things. But I can't do for you what you can do for yourself. And the worst thing I, I could ever do for you is to, is, is to feed you pablum all the time and me fix it and you just come like little babies and chirp it up and not learn to do it yourself. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a... If you teach him to fish. Amen? Uh, let me hurry up and read this. It's red up there. Uh, resist him the way Jesus did with the word of God never get the idea that you're the only one going through these battles because your brethren that are in the world are facing the same trials it, listen people on this side of the building is facing the same things as people on this side of the building people in the front the same as in the back we must pray for one another and encourage each other in the Lord and we must remember that our personal victories will help us help others just as their victories will help us now watch had Peter obeyed these three instructions the night Jesus was arrested, he would not have gone to sleep in the Garden of Gethsemane. He would not have attacked Malchus or denied the Lord. He did not take the Lord's warning seriously. In fact, he argued with him. Nor did he recognize Satan when the adversary inflated his ego with pride and told him he did not have to watch and pray and then incited him to use his sword. Had Peter listened to the Lord and resisted the enemy, he would have escaped all those failures. Watch this. Now, here's the thing. Sum it all up right here. Both Peter and James gives us the same formula for success. Both of them. Submit yourselves. Read it with me. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will. You see, but Peter resisted the Lord and ended up submitting to Satan. Now, watch. Read this last statement with me. 
Before we can stand, help, help me now, help me now. Before we can stand before Satan, we must bow before God. That might be why we keep getting our eyes beat out. Because we want to do it our way. Amen?